I can make a beat. If we actually, this could be. It's like making music with uh, a soundboard. What was that Mario game? I don't know. Super Nintendo. You ready for this? Yeah. Welcome to Go Additive, where your hosts combine their real-world professional 3D printing experience to deliver valuable opinions that will help you peer behind the curtain of the additive industry. And now, Go Engineer's own, Tyler Reed and Tate Brown. You looked like you were deep in thought there. Yeah, I am. I'm I am really racking my brain to figure out what that Mario game was. It was on Super Nintendo and you could make songs by creating notes that were like Yoshi noises and mushroom noises and hitting the coin what box. What noise does a mushroom make? <laughs> There's no way. Do you remember? There's no way. Do you way. remember the sound? Yeah, I can I can picture it, but I cannot. <clears throat> How do you picture a sound? Yeah, that's a good question. The mind works in mysterious ways. Mario mushroom sound. Yeah, just you would actually compose songs. Are you ready? Yeah, what's the name of the game, though? Is that the mushroom sound? That's like the I think that's the one up. No, that's when you yeah, you hit the mushroom and you grow. Yeah, from little Mario to big Mario. What other mushroom? Like when you stomp it out? <laughs> yeah. Google Mushroom or Google Mario Composer game. What's the name of that game? Pipe down, would you? Listen to this one. Okay. That wasn't in there. That's not it? No. All of these sounds are so good, though. Mushroom Stomp Remix. Okay. This is a remix. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. That's a good beat. Are these the sounds you're no. after? No, no, we haven't run into look one. Up, look up SNES Mario Game Composer. Try that. I love that sound. Yeah. I don't know why I'm doing this. Uh. Oh, this guy has the real game. Yeah. That's what I want to hear, and I want Hello, to know. Hello, how's it going? Last week we tried to make music on the snares with the Super Mini Pack. Super Mini Pack. Does that sound right? Mini Pack. No. And yeah, because the this Super guy's Inter weird. Blow the mouse. <laughs> yeah. Is this it? Yeah. What's the thing? What's the name of the game? Oh, Mario Paint. Yeah. Mario oh, Paint. Oh, That's oh, right. Here we go. <laughs> Mario Paint. First, I want to see what the actual pitch knob that I put in last week. Yeah. How did we do this? How did we get off on this, this track? Is a, Listen. This... Yeah. Well, go ahead. Did you have? No. Go. I was just hoping for that mushroom sound. I thought it'd be easier oh. to find. Yeah. And all I wanted was the name of the game. So we Mario should... Paint. Yeah, Mario Paint. So now okay. we can go. Now everybody knows Mario <laughs> Paint. I don't remember this game. You don't ever. You Doesn't matter. Play this game. We do have a matter of of something to take care of. Oh, what's that? To address in as little detail as possible. Okay. The incident. The helicopter incident. Oh my God. <laughs> so we had a, a couple print heads ask, what was the fun <clears throat> fact? What was the fact or what was the thing? From two yeah, episodes ago. No, one episode ago. Okay. Um, it's how we started the last episode oh, yeah. and ultimately never started it. Mm -hmm. So... The grim fact was Tyler proceeded to tell me a story that was probably five minutes long and it just went down this really dark trail and ultimately like children died. So I'm going to get, <laughs> why are you mad about it? We don't have to bring this up. Well, we don't have to say anything else, I I but I want people to know they need to know the little nugget. It's the that's as good of a nugget as I can give. I'm not going to give details. Don't worry, I won't fully incriminate you. <laughs> it was the oh, it was the making of the Twilight Zone movie. Okay. Why did you have to do this? Now you're gonna do it. Now well, you're gonna now you, you're gonna You can't lead with the worst part and just say, Oh, he told a story. That's all people need for the nugget. That's all people needed. It, I think and it, now here you are. 
Now you're gonna re now you're gonna redo it. No, I think it would have been. Now we're better. gonna have to cut this no, and start over better again. If you just said, he told the story of the making of the Twilight Zone movie and then let people figure out how it ended on their own. Instead of just leading with he told a story about this tragedy, blah 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 blah. I thought that was a great way to put it. All right. All right. Agree to disagree. Well, it's over. <laughs> okay, that's the it nugget. If you want to look it up, now you have some information, thanks to Tyler. With my little nugget, that would have been enough. Okay. I think it would have satisf satisfied people's curiosities. Some things could have gone unsaid. But let's, <laughs> okay. let's go. Let's go. Let's get started. I want to talk about there There were some things that happened in the news. We haven't actually had anything like really big to talk about this summer. And I wonder if anyone gets their news 3D printing news exclusively from us. If they do, they're way behind in the news yeah, cycle. Yeah, they're a couple. Well, I mean, <laughs> at least a week behind. What decisions are you going to make? Are you are you in, unless you're in stonks? I encourage people to make no decisions based on our discussions. That's good. Yeah, good advice. Good advice. Sound advice. But before we jump into the news, I want to say I was in Toronto yesterday. My first. I cannot believe they let you in. I can't either. But they did, at least into a little piece of Canada. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think some of the things that I've said about Canada have been exaggerated on your end. And <laughs> on my on, end? And played up. Played <laughs> up for the podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, but I will say that Canada, at least Toronto, is a nice place. Very cool. Uh, yeah. It's the New York City of Canada. <laughs> I know. That's how I felt when I was there. It's a bustling metropolis. It's so clean, though. All of Canada or all of Toronto, so clean. We did see one company that was out of business as we were driving towards. Why the, is that funny? Because why is that funny? It's not cool. Well, you're we're driving. You see how he gets this reputation? This is why. OK, sorry. We're, we're driving downtown towards the Royal Ontario Museum, which mm -hmm. is an amazing museum. And it's a very walkable area, so I, it, like Park City, like Main Street Park City. Mm -hmm. And there's all of these different storefronts. And one, only one, looks like it's out of business and there's like some spray paint on the front. And it's a 3D printing service company. Oh, It was like big sign, 3D print and 3D scan here. And then on the in the lettering, it says, like, we do rigid opaque materials. We do clear translucent materials. We do hard and soft photopolymers. So then, you think they had Stratasys equipment? Oh, for there. sure they did. Because down down in the bottom, they had, like, Object, Stratasys. Proto and they 3000. didn't make it. They didn't make it. That's tough. It Printing. What does that say about? Tough. What does that say? Well, yeah, service bureaus are tough. Especially but. if you're downtown Toronto. I mean, real estate is expensive. Oh, I thought you were going to go another route with that. No. Your, your, overhead, your overhead would be fairly high. You're in, you're in a little space in downtown Toronto. Yeah. You're not doing yourself any favors in terms of cost of doing business. But oh. also, you have to have market fit. Like This is, over the past 10 years, we've had a lot of people come and say, hey, I want to print parts as a business. And 10 years ago, it was a much more approachable business plan, uh, less competitive. But it's become more and more competitive over the years. And so if you don't have some sort of niche or specific industry or serving or, you know, like something you can specialize in, you're going to have a hard road ahead of you. Yeah. I, what stands out to me when you say what was advertised on the storefront, like scan and print here. Yeah. You're attracting the exact type of customer that sucks you dry. Yes. They're the people who don't have CAD files. They don't have any ability to create yeah. 3D objects and produce a file. Right. Um, sorry, I just said that, but like they... They just don't have any familiarity with what it takes yeah. to actually get something that's printable. You actually make an excellent point. You know, that's their marketing. They didn't even, I didn't even see a, a company name there. 
they just had 3D scan and 3D print here, and then they had like some qualitative descriptions of the materials, there was no discussion of what you actually do. Like what's the application? What's the draw? And so the only person you're attracting is the nerd that, whoa, that not only a nerd, a Canadian nerd. Where, where on the scale of nerds are Canadian nerds? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. You had all these assumptions of Canadians before you actually went there. That's true. <laughs> That's what true. were the Canadian people like? Oh, they were wonderful. Were they? Uh-huh. Just like everyone else? Toronto. But nicer. Toronto was very friendly, very diverse. Um, like the multiculturalism in Toronto is, it rivaled Dubai in my mind. When I when I mm -hmm. visited Dubai, uh, just amazing, and everyone was so friendly. Well, how about yeah. that? It's a good thing they had never heard our podcast because <laughs> they might not have been so friendly. Yeah. So I think we'll we'll uh, I'll get an opportunity to visit more Canada. We did. Just, we have a customer now up above the Ar Arctic Circle. We have a customer. Yeah. Above the Arctic Circle and. How the heck and what the heck are they doing? So I, I can't be, I can't divulge too much, but let's just say that they're in the business of um, digi digifying, digitizing. That sounds fun. Digify. Yeah, digify. Digify digi yourself. Digitizing artifacts. Why don't you just go digify yourself, Tyler? Get, digitizing get artifacts? Digified. Yeah, digitizing artifacts. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of digitizing yourself. Yeah. Uh, you sent me a news article this week yeah. about Hasbro. Hasbro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to talk about that? <clears throat> sure. So kind of rolling off the topic that we were just talking about where printing parts as a service is, is becoming more and more challenging. You know, a component of that is, of course, the niche. And another component of that is the competition. And now you have this idea of larger OEMs getting into the business. So Hasbro is coming out later this year with a, what they're calling uh what was it? A, a selfie, selfie, selfie scan, selfie scan, something like that. Yeah. Where is that what it was? You can use their app to take a photo or a series of photos of your face. And it uses photogrammetry to create a color model of your face. You submit that. And for 60 bucks, you can 3d print, Selfie series. series. Selfie series. You can 3D print an action figure with your likeness. Now, you only, are only in the face. Only in the face, yeah. Because, you know, you still you want an action figure body. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. And so you could have like you could be one of the Ghostbusters. I I, I could be a Power Ranger. I would be a Power Ranger. This that's would what be, you would be. Yeah. <laughs> You didn't you didn't watch Power Rangers. No. I remember I like did. kids at recess being like, I'm the white Power Ranger and I'm yeah. the red one. Everyone wanted to be a, a different Power Ranger, yeah. you know, based on their superpowers well, or their their it, vehicles or whatever. Yeah. It was more of like their their what they would morph into or whatever. I don't remember much. Power morphin. Mighty morphin power rangers. Yeah, it's morphin, that? morphin time. Morphin time. <laughs> and I remember Trademark. My, I had a brother that's about the same age as me, as me, and we actually did karate and, and things like that. He always wanted to be the Red Ranger, and I always wanted to be either the Green or White Ranger, which was the same person. It just, over time, he... He morphed? He changed colors. I don't remember the exact narrative around that. But, uh, yeah, the Green Ranger, White Ranger. That's nice. That's yeah. nice for you. I don't know what plastic person I'd be. I have no idea. <laughs> what plastic person? So it has, to, it has to be within the ha Ghostbusters. Ha yeah, GI Joe is in the Hasbro IP. Um, Ghostbusters is yeah, Power Rangers mm -hmm. and others, but I don't know who else. Yeah, so, Toy Story. No, none of those guys. No. Um, think about the workflow, though. I couldn't be a Buzz Lightyear. No, mm. you can't. So the they're using a Form Labs printer uh printers yes to cr to to create the heads 
And they release a video where they talk about having to come up with different resins to be able to match skin tones. They are full color models. So I think they're painted. The face, the facial features must be painted. That's because I, I had the same curiosity. I watched yeah. the video and I'm like, if these are form labs, they're homogenous. Yeah. As a single color, single material. And uh yeah, they they're, must be painted. They're printing the hair separate from yeah. the head. Yep. And they must be painting, which is, man, that's got to be labor intensive unless they somehow. I will. I mean, you, in ever the see, video, you ever see the Simpsons episode where she takes the like the makeup shotgun and shoots her face and it just. No, <laughs> maybe they got something like that going where it's just like a spray. <laughs> that would be it, a miracle. <laughs> Look at this. Yeah. See, see there how fuzz like pretty soft, soft. Yeah, soft. The edges are soft on on there. There's not a good color differentiation from the whites of their eyes and the colors of their pupils and the their now lip colors scale. Those heads are probably about the size of your thumb. Mm -hmm. I don't and and we can print full color in Polyjet, but I don't think you would do much better on the color fidelity on Polyjet prints of that size. And that's, this, a, that's a challenging. Yeah, the size. Yeah. Um, what else this got me thinking of is just kind of like where where 3D printing is today, mm-hmm. because these blurry faces made me think of like the N64 days. Like, remember playing like Madden, mm-hmm. like the character that you could tell, you know, you're playing with Tom Brady or whatever, because He's got a 12 on his back and it says Brady, but yeah. then you see his face and yeah. you're like, that looks like a ghost. Yeah. Like it's just a, a blob with a couple of dark spots for eyes and a mouth. And this made me think of that. Like this is where color 3D printing I think is today. We're a little further than that. But if I were to make a, a likeness to that. Yeah. I can't wait till the quote unquote graphics get better. I think that's pretty accurate. You would take like Madden 98 or Madden 2000 and somewhere in that era where it looks okay and passable, especially on the custom characters. But it's not like it is today. Yeah. Today it's unreal. It almost looks like an actual game. It almost looks like real life. Yeah. And they have the same mannerisms and all that. But I, I feel like we're there with color 3D printing, like with certain things in color uh 3d printing it's an it's perfect it's a perfect match near perfect Mm, yeah perfect is a very strong word it's it's excellent it's almost indistinguishable with some things yeah now the characteristics of said things need to align with the printer's strengths but like faces like this i can imagine us printing these and them not looking as good now you scale that up a little bit yeah and now all of a sudden it looks a lot better. If you have a little bit more real estate. Well, these would be, if you're a kid, I think these would totally pass off. You'd, you'd be so stoked to get this. I, I guess. I mean, it's, <laughs> I think this article said something about the value of, of a six-inch action figure with your face on it. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, wouldn't the value go down for most, most yeah. people? For sure, probably. Like, I, don't wanna, I don't want one of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, I think it, 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 the value goes up only for the person. If you do a children's who it, head, who it mimics, do you end up with like a kid's head on an adult body? <laughs> yes, totally. Well, that look oh, weird. That would look funny. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely, because kids have kind of more a more round head. Like yeah. the proportions aren't, yeah, aren't yeah, yeah, fully yeah. right yet. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Anyway, um, so that's cool. If you want to look into that, that's again, it's Hasbro. Yeah, and the i guess their trademark is called the selfie yeah what was it again i wonder what selfie selfie series series. i wonder what they do with all of that digital data from the head scans who knows it's valuable i mean think about snapchat they're doing the same thing on who owns hasbro what's the country of origin on that do you know i don't I, but this could, this could be some conspiracy stuff. I uh, I have it in my head that it's like a Turkish company, but I don't know. 
<laughs> I'm not. It's gonna been look around it up. for so long. It's better for us to just approach this one from a place just of Wiki- not knowing. Wiki- Wikipedia has. I'm not going to do it. It is. A, it is a multi-billion-dollar. Oh, for it's, sure. It's massive. Yeah, I'm not going to go there. Um, there was another news article. I'm going to yeah. push past this. <laughs> Vulcan forms. Yeah. I you sent me a link, <laughs> and it's funny because we talked about the New York Times last time. Uh, I ran out of my free credits, yeah. so I actually didn't get to yeah. uh, look this one up. Tell that's, me about that's it. Too you're going to have to carry this one. That that really is too bad that you're just allowing yourself to get locked out of. I'm not going to pay a dollar a week. Information. I'm not going to pay a dollar a dollar a week. For How this often stuff. do we get an article in the New York Times specifically about 3D printing? It seems like that's the one that pops up most for me. Really. Um, but that's also, that has to do with like my, and I don't know where to get my news. Mm -hmm. I kind of click all over the place and I'm lazy. I'm a lazy Googler. So I'll Google something and I'm first three links. That's kind of where I live. Yeah. And if it happens to suggest, this is the bummer (laughs) about it. If it suggests the New York times, now it's going to suggest that as a first option the rest of the time. Yeah. And they're going to think, oh, this guy loves the (laughs) New York times. And I don't really care. You know what I mean? I mean, I was going to say that we don't often get a high profile article in something like the New York Times. I mean, most it's of the been times, lately yeah. enough for me to run out of credits because I'm not looking anything else up. Yeah, but most articles are from tech blogs and other business wire. Yeah, something like that. Um, and gadget. But New York Times. Yeah, so they did a profile on Vulcan Forms. Uh, Vulcan Forms was a company that formed in 2015, and it was co-founded by one of the one of the co-founders was uh, John Hart, who was a co-founder of Desktop Metal. Uh, he's an MIT professor that does research in in additive, and uh, that's actually right around the same time. So he had both of these things going on at the same time, and I don't know a lot, but the article revealed that they had been. They had been uh, fundraising for the last few years and building up a new laser-based powder metal technology uh, for metals. But they are taking a little bit different approach than, I would say, the more conventional approach of developing a technology and then selling the machines. They are developing the technology, installing them in a facility that they own and operate complementing them with other manufacturing tools metrology tools and basically offering part production as a service so it is like a very well seemingly well organized service bureau and turnkey provider of parts but they didn't go into it just like, hey, we're going to buy these machines and we're going to put them next to these machines. They de- they're they developing and develop their own technology. So What's different about it? I don't know exactly. I haven't been able to find all that much info, but what I have gathered is that... The Vulcan 1 facility. Uh-huh. Sorry, keep going on. Keep From going. what I've gathered, it is a laser-based powder bed fusion system with multiple lasers operating on a, on a gantry system and firing multiple high-powered lasers all at the same time to increase the throughput of metal printers. So in a sense, we've seen seen this in some scale, but what the actual machine looks like, uh, I don't know. But you have... EOS has a four laser machine. SLM has a 12 laser machine. Velo has an eight laser machine. This sounds like it could have like up to 50 lasers on it. So in a similar vein to the area printing that we've talked about. This is, I'm going to have to read more about this. Not that you're not providing enough information, but this is interesting. So they have their own technology. Mm Mm-hmm. But it sounds like they also have a facility that they plan to do a lot of the work there. Yeah. 
So are you printing and then sending your parts to them to no. center? You are basically, you're searching, their customers would be people who are looking to go into production in parts and they're trying to find the same way you would shop for a foundry or mm -hmm. you'd shop for any other contract manufacturer. These guys are just highlighting their 3D printing capability as part of their contract manufacturing offering. So is this like a proto labs situation? Yeah, kinda. Yeah. I would say very similar to that, but with the added aspect that they're using a, a technology that's unique to them and exclusive to them. And, uh, you know, from the very beginning centered around digital workflow, uh, getting digitized digital first production technologies. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a different approach, but over the years they've raised about $355 million was the number. Yeah. That's the number. The Again, big, the biggest showing chunk. off the, that memory of yours. Hey, it's, it's a single number, but the biggest chunk of that was in their last series. And that last series was like 250 million. I think that was in 2021. I believe so fairly recent they're valued over a billion bucks based on those uh rounds of funding yes right yep um there was another exciting acquisition that happened yeah this week yeah with and this one i actually have some thoughts about and i haven't yeah. read a single article okay but i have thoughts okay um, thoughts are a very dangerous thing to have <laughs> oh yeah especially when you broadcast wield, them wield carefully <laughs> yeah so mark forged uh acquired digital metal mm -hmm. which is my understanding that digital metal has similar technology it's uh, powder metal binder jetting. Um, binder jetting which we know requires some sintering yep some shrinkage yep but it's more geared toward production. Yeah. Far better than like the Mark Forged Metal X, for example, which was a, a like an FDM style metal printing yeah. uh, procedure. And my thoughts are this. Okay. Are, well, hot I'm going to ask you a hot question. Take. No, this is not a hot take. Uh, could this signify, along with desktop metal, because it's trending... It seems like a trend. Desktop metal had their FDM style metal printing not super successful. Um, metal X, I know that there's people out there that like it and that own it. And I know that there are people out there that don't. I can understand why. Um, could this be Mark Forged thrown in the towel on FDM style metal printing? Am I putting you in a tight spot? No, because I asked that question. I don't think that's the case. You don't? No, I don't think that's the case. What do you think it is? I think what it's, is the case, Tyler? It's it's filling out the portfolio. You know, the the filament filament metal, which we have a whole episode on. That goes back to like episode ten or something like that. If you want to know our more of our thoughts on the filament metal, but it serves a different ap application and it serves a different customer than the binder jetting. So this is more of a trend toward production than it is a trend away from a certain yeah. technology. Yeah. You know, it's not an insignificant investment, but on the grand scheme of things, the deal was valued at about 40 million and that was like 32 million cash, give or take. And then some, uh, Mark for stock for the, for the remainder. So it's not a massive deal. Digital Metal wasn't a huge company. They've been around for a, almost 20 years as a, as a company. And they were one of the original players in binder jetting along with X1. And they played in that space for quite a while and yet still haven't grown to be, you know, a massive company. And we've talked about this immense pressure towards more production oriented metal printing uh, we see it with DM now DM, at least from the time that they commercialized, they were talking about both offerings, filament and binder jetting. So for them, 
their production systems and their shop systems uh, were not really a pivot or a move away from filament metal. They knew from the very beginning that they were going to target the two. Uh, Mark Forged unveiled their filament metal system essentially right at the same time as DM within like a month. I think they beat out DM, but essentially at the same time. And they didn't have any production oriented solution. So that's, that's a play to they're, they're taking on they're they're taking on other players. Like they are trying to be competitive with Stratasys, uh, 3d systems, desktop metal, like they're growing, they're growing their distribution channel. And that's a big part of what they have that digital metal didn't have is Mark Forge has a, a wide distribution uh, network, worldwide global distribution network. And digital metal really didn't have much presence. But here in the States, very little. How much pressure do you think this applies to companies like Stratasys that are big players in um, the polymer space, but not so much the metal? I, you know, I don't really think that it adds adds pressure there you know as of today stratasys is not in the metal market so whatever is happening on the metal side doesn't directly impact uh directly impact them and it's not a it's not going to be all that disruptive either um it it could grow into something more than what it is now but it's not a huge thing right now what could grow into something like uh that the binder jetting market share binder jetting market share in terms of number of machines say number of machines sold in the north american market binder jetting is a is a fairly low percentage i wouldn't be surprised if it was single digit percentage i don't have the numbers in front of me and you'd have to look at something like the latest wooler's report or something like that but I wouldn't be surprised if it was a single digit percentage in terms of units sold. So it's not as significant as, as like Stratasys would, Stratasys wouldn't make a move unless it were more significant. Well, I don't know what they would do, but what I'm saying is it really doesn't, I don't think it, we're, we're speculating here. Yeah, we're definitely speculating. Um, all of these companies are competitive and they're all making moves. This particular move, I wouldn't see it as like immediately impactful, but what I'm saying is it could grow into something that's much more impactful. If and when binder jetting is the, some of the challenges are overcome and you can actually go out and find seven, eight, nine figure contracts, then suddenly you're generating a lot of revenue and a healthy revenue and that could become very impactful to other parts of the business, right? You could have, you could potentially have these eight, nine figure contracts that are funding R and D into other spaces. So if you don't have any technology in the portfolio that even has that potential, then you could see that maybe as a risk. Uh, but Stratasys does. It's just in the polymer side. Well, <clears throat> all these companies want people to continue buying. They want to own their print labs, essentially, from what I can tell. And sales, here's an example. My little brother called me yesterday. He's doing some sales currently, and he's calling me for friends' numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's actually kind of like it's the worst scenario to yeah, be in. Yeah. Because it's like, I love you. You're my brother, but I'm not giving up my contacts because yeah. they're my friends. Yeah. And I don't want you selling to my friends because it yeah. implicates me. And he, it's hard for him to like wrap his head around like, don't you care? Don't you think I'm a good salesman? Don't you yeah. think like they need what I have? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I think you're a great salesman. And I, and I think they might need what you have, but I'm not giving you. The, the contacts mm-hmm. plus I haven't heard from you forever yeah and I've heard with you from you with more frequency late lately because you're you're trying to get these numbers anyway point being it's the contacts that matter that's in true. sales and so 
if you are in the polymer space um, and you know you have you have a pulse on that company you mm-hmm. you have a heartbeat you know what they're doing with polymer you know that they may have metal interest or already own some metal systems now wouldn't it be nice to just say hey if you guys are interested in this technology let us know sure um, cuz you've already got the contact sure so it's a way to capture some more revenue definitely Interesting sales insight there, Tate. <laughs> well, whatever. Um, you're totally right. Nat, but you know, this is so demeaning. <laughs> Why do I do this show? Why do I do this? Why do I put myself in this situation? <laughs> it's very think, vulnerable. It's I a think, vulnerable position to be in here no, across, I'm just, I'm across just, from one of the greats. No, I was actually being truthful like that. That is a, that is an excellent insight. And I hadn't really thought about that, the contacts. Um, so I'm commending you for your sales acumen. Yeah, sure. Um, you have to, you have to have the, uh, resources to overcome a lot of the challenges, I think with the, the existing challenges with that technology and back it up and, and also support. What's more challenging than what they already have. Well, it's a higher uh, initial capital investment expenditure, and with a higher expenditure on the customer side, you know, higher expectations in terms of service. A lot of companies are, want to get in. A lot of additive companies want to get into this. That's production true, scenario. But think about it from the perspective of like, and, and and I've heard friends who, whether they're photographers or whatever, it's. The people who spend a couple hundred bucks that it's like, these are my worst customers versus the yeah. people who spend 50 grand or whatever. They're just like, hey, can you have this done? And they they lay off and the, the job gets done. But it's the ones who make the minimal investment. I do think with like filament metals, you're totally pandering to those people who are like spending every last penny because they want metal so bad and now it's within reach. And they're like, yeah. I need that. Yeah, It's not these large companies that are like oh yeah we'll we'll take a look down here we'll sure we'll race you to the bottom and we'll we'll purchase this as an initial investment into metal it's the other way around there's definitely an element to that but on the flip side you have let's just call it a half million dollar machine mm-hmm. that's on service contract and it's down and it's 3 a.m in the morning and they will call you, which is a different pressure for sure to support. Be- yeah. You know, because you're actually, you have that contract there and there is this expectation and agreement that, yeah, we're going to make sure that you're up and running and uh, you're generating revenue. So they're maybe less loud, but when they do come to you, the pressure and the expectation to follow up is much higher. All right. I like that. Well, do you have any uh, other news things? Today's mostly a news catch-up day, by yeah. the way. It's it's kind of turned into that. Yeah, we were we were searching for a theme amongst those news articles, and we decided that they're all Boston-based. They're all Boston-based That's companies. the theme. Yeah. Yeah, Boston, it's geographical. Yeah, Boston continues to be, you know, additive powerhouse uh, area of the country. Speaking of geography, uh, Australia climbed into the lead on our listenership outside of the United States. Really? Uh huh. The UK was was number one, and then Canada is right there with them. So, hmm. thanks to those listeners, nice. you know, we appreciate you. We yeah, appreciate everyone. That's cool. But we love we love. I I like seeing the the yeah. race for who's listening and where. I'd I'd love to hear more from international listeners just to get a better understanding of. Why do they why do they listen? Because we have a lot of US centric mm-hmm. topics. Shoot us an email. And actually, on that same topic, this is totally not 3D printing related. Maybe it could be. But um Top Gun, Maverick mm-hmm. just came out, right? Very patriotic, very like I, I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't? Mm-mm. Okay. It's a fun movie, but this is very American of me, and, and I'll admit it right now. But these patriotic movies, I've never 
really like taking a lot of time to think, how does someone from another country enjoy this? Uh, do they enjoy it? And do they kind of like just they don't worry about the country of origin or the patriotism for that country? Or do they they empathize with it and kind of roll with it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because in these movies, it's there are other countries that are being um, subtly attacked, if not actually attacked in the movies. Yeah. It makes you wonder. These big blockbuster movies, there, there are a lot of people involved in the scripts and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And they are sold on a global market. So they take that into account for sure. Like you've seen stories of, characters and storylines being added or changed to appeal more to certain sure markets yeah yeah you know i i so like i said i haven't seen the movie but i read an article where it was saying that the at least this reviewer went in thinking it would be a lot more patriotic borderline propagandish and that it was way less so that it was more action oriented and just kind of less overt Hmm. I've heard both yeah. on this. I, I enjoyed the movie, but yeah, give us some feedback on how you feel about the podcast. Um, we obviously know Tyler used to not like Canadians. Evidently he does now, um, but <laughs> we still have Canadian support. That's so an, we exa- appreciate that's an it. exaggeration. Total, total <laughs> fabrication, actually. He hates go it. Back, go back into the archives. Yes, please do. Please do and find out for yourselves. <laughs> Uh, not sure all of it got recorded, but there's at least a couple little tidbits for you to catch on to there. Anyway, um, thanks for listening wherever you're at and through whatever app. Um, looks like most yeah, people subscribe that. through uh, Apple Apple Podcasts. It kind of ba- bounces back and forth yeah. between Spotify and, cool. and Apple. It is cool. Um, I have a YouTube of the day. All right. This is not brought to you by Juicy Filaments today. <laughs> There will be no juicy filament ad. All right. I'm going to play the first part of this YouTube video. Okay. Um, It's not even so much the YouTube channel that I'm recommending today. It's the content. And so I want you to look at this thing because it's so awesome. I'm going to tilt my screen down so you can see an upside down version of it. 130 mile an hour average over the finish so this is a weapon that we're looking at now this reminds me more of a uh, of something like you shoot from a gun or from a cannon rather than actually drive but look at this this is max chilton now and this is the little machine that is so rapid it was second yesterday 3.6 over the first 100 meters 132 miles an hour is this formula e can you tell how fast this thing is just by looking at it no have you heard of the goodwood festival no okay i'm gonna go ahead and pause it right there do you see that cloud of dust coming out the back yep it's the only car that does that now uh, okay so the the channel that this is on um is called goodwood road and racing so it's the official channel for the goodwood uh festival i think Um, and this is just kind of like a gathering that happens annually and lots of old classic cars go race some vintage stuff. Travis Pastrana raced this vintage, um, Subaru wagon Yeah, and it had air brakes on it like an airplane does. So (laughs) every time it hits the brakes just to help it stop into corners, more downforce, more, more stopping power. And his car was actually pretty close to this speed. But this year was kind of unique because there were a handful of electric cars that did pretty well, this being one of them. Um, guaranteed, there's some 3D printed stuff that that happened oh, yeah, no in doubt. the development of no most doubt. of these cars. But this is a fan car. Have you ever heard of a fan car? No. Um, so the website for this car is mcmurdy.com and the car is the Spearling. And what it is, is it has a fan that creates a low pressure volume underneath the car. So it's literally getting pulled to the ground Mm -hmm. by this low pressure area. And it spits the exhaust, if that's what you could call it. So it's pulling air from the bottom, pulling the car down, and it shoots that air out the back. So it's literally a vacuum hauling 
but yeah down the track and that's why you're seeing the dust because it's pulling up little rocks it's pulling up road debris really? everything that's on the road and it's spitting it out the back and the thing it's incredibly fast like watch the top 10 if you get a chance just youtube like the goodwood festival of speed top 10 participants or whatever hmm. um, and it'll show this race it's just a single track time trial most all the fast <laughs> cars are under a minute um and it's just between hay bales hmm. and the crowds there watching. I would love to go to this, but That's this fan car is so cool. That the is... fact that it gets it creates its downforce through vacuum. Yeah, it's an active element. So there's energy consumption to create that downforce. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, almost I mean, every other application of downforce is all passive. It's through airfoils on the front and rears and and, and it creates a ton of drag. Downforce typically is one of those things where it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. You either create lots of downforce and lots of drag, or you have a nice yeah. slipstream, a really aerodynamic product that doesn't create as much downforce. Hmm. This gives you the ability to have a ton of aerodynamics built into the car and still get your downforce. Yeah. It says but it's not free I think because you have to generate the with power. You have to have the power. Sure. But it's not at the sake of uh, of speed. So traditionally, you either have, like I said, you 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 create drag with the downforce. With Travis Pastrana's car, he's creating some downforce and air brake um, yeah. through some th through some hydraulics, I would imagine, um, to bump those things up. But huh. it's so cool. I think it said somewhere that this creates like two thousand pounds of downforce. That's significant. So it's almost enough at, at any speed at any speed. Wow. So it's almost enough that this thing could drive upside down. <laughs> That's wild. Isn't that something? That's crazy. And what else is cool is it creates that downforce, you know, in a, at a range of speed, right? Versus downforce with wings and airfoils. It's yeah, it's more speed dependent. Yeah, it's it's more progressive or aggressive depending on how fast you go. The faster you go, the more drag, but the more downforce, the slower you're going. So at low speed cornering, which at Goodwood is mostly low speed, you yeah. can't take advantage of having these spoilers and stuff because you're yeah. not going fast enough to really generate downforce. Cool. It's huh. so cool. And when you watch that top 10, you'll see how incredibly fast this is compared to everything else. Like. Huh. Ah, uh, electric cars are you can so just cool. Flip it in reverse and take, <laughs> take off. Oh my god! Just hover away. <laughs> Why do you do that? Why, Why do you do that? Why do you ruin my good time, man? I think it's cool. It's really cool. I have to look that up. What's it called? McMurdy fan car. Fan car. Yeah, if you just Google or or YouTube McMurdy fan car, it's called the Spearling. Is the name of the car. And it's a really cool looking car. Also, it could be a production vehicle here in the future. They, I watched another video that said that it may be road really? legal. Um, and so this will be something that you may see out on the road. Mm, what would drive someone to, to buy that vehicle for like an everyday? Or I guess you'd take it to the track. I mean, or it's very attractive. Look at that side profile. Yeah, it is. It's a great looking car. That, that side profile looks a lot like a GTR no yeah it does a gtr is like more sedan -y. this is more of a coupe style almost like toyota 2000 gt-esque or um more modern example that more people are familiar with maybe like a z uh, a nissan z car no it's, it it has the look of a front engine rear wheel drive sports car two-seater yeah like a gtr a gtr is all-wheel drive and it definitely looks more like a sedan. I'm not going to get into this argument <laughs> with you. Tyler obviously can't distinguish the difference between I'm also car looking at styles. it upside down. Yeah, that's true. But shape, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's my YouTube of the day. The, I, I actually should put out a challenge to people. Okay. Um, find me, Find me some additive parts in that. If anyone's like a car geek at all out there, which there's got to be a couple... Um, and you look into that car a little bit more and happen to find an additively produced part, hit me up, send us an email and, and we'll, we'll shout it out Cool. on the next episode. Right on. I don't have a YouTube. <laughs>
not bringing anything. I'm not, not bringing, bringing anything. anything today. No. The the YouTube I've been watching lately has absolutely zero technology, zero modern technology in it. It's it's, it's a, it's a <laughs> channel. Us. It's Tell a us. it's a channel called Country Life Vlog. <laughs> why are you, why are you doing this, dude? My wife got me hooked on it. <laughs> it's like a it's a silent like almost ASMR type channel of this these people that live in rural Azerbaijan. Yeah. And uh they're making cheddar cheese. Yeah. In this it's fascinating. <laughs> they have almost a billion views. Yeah, I see that. I mean, mil- like this this one video, keeping strawberries without boiling and freezing for the winter, yeah, has 6.1 million views. I mean, that that's technology. They probably right? yeah, that's why I said modern I can't technology. keep a straw a strawberry alive for a week. They use technology, but it's nothing close to modern technology. That's cool. Um, they they've got to be the most popular people in all of Azerbaijan. I'm sure. Don't you think? <laughs> I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I wonder if uh, that like YouTube revenue, you know, it doesn't it. It's got to be based in U.S. dollars, right? Yeah. They're, yep. they're probably making bank. Yeah, they're they're They've got their food storage for life. Do you think they have some crazy mansion on just outside of view? They've got like this old. They do all 400, the 400 year old uh, castle. Farm. No, farm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, well, it's beautiful. Look at that. Oh, it, it looks like yeah. something out of uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of the Hobbit homes. Yeah. It's in the Shire. It's amazing. It's very green. But, and you lush. know, if you're getting. How did we get on this? Yeah, How did you. Your wife said. She likes this She stuff. suggested this to you. She likes this stuff. Yeah. Very cool. I like it. Definitely not additively related. Mm. It's natural additive manufacturing <laughs> but most of our most of our youtubes are a reach anyway yeah there's definitely additive in there like with the rc I'm, test flights i'll just i make no effort to do youtube of the day that's related to the uh theme of this it's show. just the theme of your life yeah it's so, people getting to know you a little bit better yeah i shared what i'm watching yeah i like that i a like lot, it. a lot of it's related to printing but a lot of it's not yeah um anyway that's all we have today yeah that's a pretty light episode a uh, little bit of news and happy summer to happy everybody summer. guess that's it see you next time <laughs>